Do not attempt to adjust your sound, your speed, or your pitch. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all your audio. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to... The dark side of otters. 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 Did she say otters like those water rats? This is a big day for Project Mars, General. All our evidence points to the fact that there is no life on Mars. Every part of it. This is just the beginning of a major effort on the part of NATO Alliance to explore the outer planets. It's gonna see the stars, the Milky Way, or even Mars. There will be new sins. Colonizing places off the way. We made in the Oscar Martian. I'm ready for it. Uh, uh, uh. That wasn't a bit nice. You have made me very angry. Don't start any war. Why, hell, there ain't gonna be no war. They've been prophesying doom for the past few years. It <laughs> happened yet. Well, who do you think built the pyramids? That men from Atlantis? <laughs> or Martians, perhaps? This is Mission Control, Expedition One. Do you read me? Expedition One. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to Mars, and then, of course, we're going to colonize deep space with our microwave hot dogs and plastic vomit, fake dog shit and cinnamon dental floss and lemon-scented toilet paper and sneakers with lights in the heels. Forgive us. Houston, we got a problem. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Space may be in the final frontier, but it's made in the Hollywood basement. We are from the third planet. The Germans which actually started the plague being carried there by our first expedition. The ship comes down from space. Monitoring their journey to the International Space Station and where they are in the world right now, or over the world, I should say. So sad. We're sitting uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. It's still a matter of speculation. Americans won't believe anything until they click their television first. Wait, 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 wait. See this button right here? Click. Click right there. Look, all I know is when I push this button right here, it makes a clicking noise. Click, 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 like that. What if this is as clicky as it gets? Here. Close your eyes. If you don't click it correctly, it's not going to come on for you. Believe me, oh, my name is not Vladimir Clicking Lemon. See, people are common sense like you and I, we know there's no life on other planets. It's just us. If there was life on other planets, we'd have sent them foreign names by now. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, 
there's not an alien force already among us? Uh, Joey, don't look right now, but, uh, there's a UFO right over your head. Yeah, three clicks to the left. I think they're coming to get us. I know it. I just know they are. Joey, Joey, where you going? Did I say to click? Did I say to click it? Well, are you gonna click it? As they take off and they come all this way, don't you think just once, since 1947, just once, wouldn't they have landed maybe in Orlando, in Disney World or something? <laughs> Times Square, the Grand Canyon, but no. They always land next to a hog pen in Arkansas. <laughs> oh, Kermit, you amphibian. We clicked. Get out of my chair, hey! Quick clicking it! Spot! Push the button! Hurry! Make it click! Spot! Captain, that is unthinkable. Captain, I don't think we can give it any more power. We've already got five clicks. Ahead, click back to five, Captain. the left. Hello, um, would you mind explaining to me exactly how I click? You are on Mars. Isn't that lovely? Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Since 1947, when that alien craft crash-landed in that farmer's field, society has had on the back of their burner. What was it? Who were they? And are there more on their way? This was the inception of the alien invasion concept. And then in the 1950s, Hollywood Silver Screen brought forth even more ideas of what these beings could be. But in today's podcast, now that you've clicked here, you will begin to understand that this is more than just your average visitation on the horizon. It's not grandmother coming around the bin, and it's not someone coming to see you. But you see, for thousands of years, these six colonies, known as the Globe, have been ruled and reigned upon by elites. And I am here to show you today that they are coming for them.
according to H.G. Wells. The space highways held two-way traffic. Not only could men from Earth go to other planets and moons, but men from other planets could come to Earth. The hero of his book, The War of the Worlds, reports that towards the end of the 19th century, several newspapers in England carried small accounts of the discovery of a mass of flaming gas, chiefly hydrogen, originating on the planet Mars and moving with enormous speed towards the Earth. And then came the night of the first falling star. It was seen rushing eastward, a line of flame high in the atmosphere. And the next morning, a man who'd seen the shooting star went out to look for it. He found in a sand pit what he thought was a fallen meteorite. But as he observed it, he saw that it was a cylinder with neither the shape nor the appearance of a meteorite. And then he perceived that very slowly, the top of the thing was being unscrewed. Where do you think they come from? How would I know? Some place. Mars is near the Earth right now. Happens every 18, 20 years, they say. From Mars. Hmm. Maybe these are not men. Not like us. Everything human doesn't have to look like you and me. If it's men from Mars, we ought to let them know we're friendly. Don't fool around with something when you don't know what it is. Be first to make contact with them. See? We'd be in all the papers. How about that? We could show them we're friendly, huh? Uh, walk out there with a white flag. Hey, I, I, I got an old sugar sack in my car. I'm gonna put that picture on my Facebook page. What are we going to say to them? Welcome to California. Come on. Talking sign language. They'll understand us all right. Sure. Sure? Everybody understands when you wave the white flag, you want to be friends? Hey there! Open up! Come on out! We're friends! Hey, that's right! We welcome you! We're friends! Yeah! <laughs> radio signal confirmed. We are not alone in the universe. A signal from an extraterrestrial would be like a, a knock on the door on a dark night and you're not expecting anyone. The effect is going to be to change our civilization completely. It's back to the drawing board for all of us.
an alien invasion. Let's start off by defining terms exactly what you would call an alien. Certainly uh, a person, an entity, a concept foreign to you, something, someone you've not met before. Technically, not to get all spacey about it at all. You humans, most of you, subscribe to this policy of an eye for an eye, a life for a life, which is known throughout the universe for its stupidity. Even your Buddha and your Christ had quite a different vision, but nobody's paid much attention to them, not even the Buddhists or the Christian. Sometimes it's hard to imagine how you've made it this far. Certainly the general view of what is considered an alien would be a little green man from Mars or some other otherworldly world out there. Something just went past me like I was standing still. A flying saucer. Oh, no, no, not those things again. <laughs> maybe it was a meteorite or a piece of a satellite. Yeah, maybe. But as we have learned from previous podcasts, and if you are a regular subscriber to this podcast and you are clicking here and not the herd, you will certainly understand in light of episode number 14, the universe, that there is no outer spacey worldly views out there. There is no um, interplanetary nest to be considered. So the alien would easily be your neighbor next door a billion miles away because on this earthen plane there are infinite people persons creators out there and if you've not met them yet guess what they are foreign or alien or unknown to you so that's how we're going to start things off here with a defining of that word and now let's look at the word invasion Certainly you could have an invasion of termites or uh, um, the night of the Lepus rabbits comes to mind, that terrorizing movie. We'll get into movies in just a moment. But an invasion that would be coming from an outside source like locusts, a plague of giant insects or a multitude small insects coming your way, destroying your crops, invading your life. So now let's look at the Hollywood version of Invasion. And of course, it all speaks to our friendly little green men. War of the Worlds. It was H.G. Wells' novel from the 1800s that started these concepts off. And the remake later on by Orson Welles. And then the other remake with Tom Cruise in it. So we have all these movies that depict a invasion from an outside source coming to take us away. Uh-huh. Well, when you think about it, um, that would be something that's been put in our minds. Pre-predictive programming for years now when you consider the multitude of films on this subject. All of the different... Uh, movies that have been put in our minds that one day in the future uh, we're going to be uh, invaded upon. Bringing shotguns to UFO sightings. Man. Kind of brings whole new meaning to that phrase you ain't from around here, are you boy? <laughs> yep, they're little green people. We call them boogers. 
So I said to the guy, I go, why do y'all bring shotguns to UFO sightings? He said, well, we don't want to be abducted. Thinking, yeah, leave all this. <laughs> I certainly think about the movie Independence Day, part one and part two. Uh, War of the Worlds, of course, we mentioned that. The radio broadcast from the 1930s was so real on the radio that people actually thought that something like this was going on. They were running in terror. Some people were killing themselves. There was looting in the streets. People were terrorized over a radio show of a possible invasion from Martians. And then later on it was depicted into motion picture film. So these things are on the forefront of our minds ever since the Roswell incident in New Mexico in 1947 when a so-called alien aircraft or spacecraft landed and the little uh, occupants were taken away off to a government lab for analyzation and the ship was maybe reverse engineered into this, that, or the other thing. These type of ideas have been planted in the minds of people for a long, long time. But surely you might say, Art, don't you believe in UFOs? Don't you believe in other um, entities or aliens out there? Yes, I certainly do. And don't call me Shirley. But you don't have to have an outer space realm to make this occur. This invasion, why would it be coming? Well, we would be geared to think that they're coming for us. The, uh, the goyim, the unwashed masses. Bob, your deodorant soap hasn't even been opened. Well, what are you gonna do, sue me? I want all that safeguard protection. Um, the uh, sheeple, the people of the world, you know, the little ones are gonna come and destroy our planet. Our blue marble is at stake here. It may cr crush by some outside uh, alien uh, laser beam, laser cannon, or some kind of Star Warsian destructive uh, planetoid leveling event. So this fear is put in our minds that there is some type of invasion coming. Now I would not doubt that there's some type of something or other out there about to pounce upon us, but I certainly would not consider that it's coming for the general masses. Now let me explain why I believe in this way. And to make this point, we have to do a little background history first. Back in the 1970s, the crime in New York City had reached epidemic proportions. People were being murdered just about every night by the hundreds People were not safe to just travel in the subway system just to go to work or just to go to the grocery store. So some citizens had had enough. They were fed up with this. And a group of young men that they called themselves originally, there were 13 of them, the Magnificent 13, donned t-shirts with their logo and went out into the subways, armed with nothing but their fists and their ability to talk someone down from the ledge, as it would be. Psychological warfare, rather than physical. Can we talk? I mean, let's stop this nonsense. Can we talk here? And what they would do is go out into the subways and try to find people that seemed like they might be victims waiting to happen. Or they would just intersperse throughout 
and try to avert some of these thugs and some of these muggers. So later on, they uh, adapted a little bit more and got bigger. Um, they got the attention of the local police department, the mayor, the local citizens loved what they were doing. And they were asked, why don't you just join up with the police department and be kind of like a para-police group? And they refused. They wanted to do it themselves, be on their own. But still, they wanted to guard the general public in the New York subway system predominantly. And they changed their name to the Guardian Angels. If there is anything that people know about Guardian Angels, you think somebody in a red beret patrolling subways in New York City. So we're here to meet Curtis Sliwa, who's the founder of the Guardian Angels, and we're going to be talking to him about their reemergence in the subway systems after the spree slashings that have been occurring in the city. Yesterday, they issued the crime reports for the subway last year, and crime shot up 15%. There were more major felonies in the past 12 months than in the previous year, and they criticized when I gave the orders in early January to renew our efforts in the subways and begin to flood the subways with guardian angels. Recent reports showed several subway slashings in New York. Police Commissioner Bill Bratton told the public that the NYPD was on top of it. Despite police efforts, the slashings were enough to provoke Curtis and his team of guardian angels who decided it was time to make a comeback. In 1979, Sleewell was a night manager of a McDonald's in the Bronx. Second be for here to go, punk. He founded the Guardian Angels. To combat the muggings, he and his employees constantly faced on the subway. And what we did in the middle of the crack cocaine epidemic is we would do drug raids. Where'd you get those chicken McNuggets at? Mm. I got these at McDonald's for free. And I'd load up 40 guardian angels in that van and we would hit the crack houses. For free? And we would rob crack dealers. For free? In front of everybody. For free? For free? For free? For free? 40 of us would come bum rushing out, slamming and jamming people. We'd steal their money, and then we'd bring it to the local soup kitchen, which was run by a church. Motherfucker, take your ass to McDonald's. You hard of hearing or something? Shit. And then we would destroy the drugs right out in the streets. And people thought that was crazy. For free. For free? For free? For free? We believe that there's a problem in a neighborhood. We can find people within that neighborhood and the surrounding neighborhoods to join together without weapons, with no special powers or privileges, and make a difference. Did you get a lot of questions? I'm sure you guys catch a lot of attention. Pretty much. People, some people might say, Wait, are you willing to get hurt? Are you willing to die? And then I tell them, uh, if I put on this uniform, if I'm not willing to do that, I shouldn't put on this uniform at all. If anything can happen in any patrol, you have to bitch. So what inspired you to become a guardian angel? I was on the floor train, you got a young lady getting attacked on the train, nobody would help her. The only ones that helped her were the guardian angels. So these guardian angels, uh, as they called themselves, would then go out and still try to enforce some law and order and protection amongst people who were so vulnerable. Well, after a few years, this concept sort of waned, lost its popularity, and certainly the muggings and all the terrible bump and crime had leveled out. But this concept is what I'm trying to explain. It's kind of a microcosm. 
instead of the subways of New York, let's make it a little grander area. Let's call it the six regional areas, the six continents that they call the globe. Of course, we're not on a globe. So here we are. And our crime, our um, corruption is starting to come to a boiling point, almost like it did in the 70s in that fair big apple. So now it's taken this long for enter the aliens. People, creators, entities, People just like me and you most likely out there wandering around trying to find civilizations that are being taken over by an elite group. So yeah, an invasion is coming, but in my mind's eye, or as a friend of mine used to say, the way my mind works, this invading horde is not coming for the general masses, but it's coming to rectify the wrong done by the elite leaders, those uh, so-called rarefied air family members, the uh, unique, powerful, so to speak, materially wealthy, full of riches and power and bankability and religious dominance. Those families, those unique individuals that like to call themselves the elite or the illuminated ones. See, I belong to a certain secret society. I don't believe I gotta mention its name. <laughs> and these are the ones that need to be unthugged, so to speak. So here they come. But now, perhaps they've caught wind of this, that there is a group or an entity out there that might come and try to topple their little fiefdom, their little kingdom, their little fortresses. So, what do they do in the minds of the general public? But with media and religion and all of the sophistry, try to sway the general masses to make them think that they are the ones that this invading horde will come for one day. And whether by hook or crook, whether by uh, reality, as in real crafts coming over, these UFOs that show up one day, or maybe it's just a magic trick, painting the sky with some chemical to make it a big, giant, big screen upon which this facade of a movie can unfold before the eyes of the general public. Nice. Camera, rolling. Action. However it does eventually occur, it looks to me as if this is something that they are concerned about. And when I say they, I do mean those elited ones. The ones that hold all the power cards, the power play, the gold, and the material, military, religious power over people, the economic uh, rulers, the corporate religiousness leaders those godvermental people that have the power and control that make everyone think what they want them to think. So I think that these so-called guardian groups out there have honed in on our situation and they're fed up with it. And most likely they've already threatened and said, look, get your game together, get your act together. And then all of a sudden this giant international sickness is 
uh, peers all over, making everyone fearful all over again. So this could very well be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Mike, 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 what day is it, Mike? And calls these guardians to come and um, make things right. We're the guardians of the galaxy. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Arbulary batteries. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are gonna go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I will catch it. Your antenna, what are they for? Their purpose? Yes. Cole and I have a bet. You're not supposed to say that. I say that if you are about to go through a doorway that's too low, your antenna will feel this and keep you from being decapitated. So this is my take on it. An invasion, yeah. Alien, certainly unknown to many people. But what's the end game? Not to destroy and blow up the earth so that we have to nuke these people back and protect ourselves like the Hollywood films would have us believe. But so that they can come and make things right. Take down the power structures, the power families, the so-called elites and shuffle the cards and make things right again. Have you considered this as a possibility? Click here, listener. Have you fathomed the fact that we are being prepped to make it feel like we are going to be crushed in upon? But just like a great Hollywood ending, the hero shows up. And then we are the ones that become the victors in the ashes, the phoenixes rising to make things right. And hopefully at that point it may be disclosed that we are not on a globe because these invaders, so-called guardians in reality, will inform everyone and make it right and then we can then join with them, perhaps maybe form a coalition to go out and help other struggling dominated civilizations nearby like we have been liberated from. I have a plan! I have a plan! Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a thesaurus. And don't call me Shirley. Certainly something to think about. And this is something to think about as well. Have you considered supporting the podcast? We are available as a Patreon supporter. Also, you can send direct payment to our new link at PayPal by sending it to clickherepodcast at gmail.com. It will reach us. This podcast is on the air because we care about an alternative perspective to the standard narratives. I'm sure you can tell by now that the material that is covered on this podcast is not necessarily some common material that you might hear elsewhere. In order for us to keep these shows coming your way and help enlighten you and your family, please consider supporting us to help us pay for the oncoming change in our airtime. We are available on Podomatic.com, the Google Play Store, Deezer, Spotify, Amazon, Player FM, and other similar like-minded podcast outlets. And we all know there's a whole slew of platforms out there. Consider being a guest on the show. Contact me through the email again at clickherepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, where we're going to be tackling perhaps one of the greatest controversial myths ever embarked upon. And 
certainly one that holds a firm grip on a large majority of the people of these six continents they call the globe. It's going to be very, very controversial. In fact, I do anticipate losing many listeners and losing support because it is such a powerful myth crossing many, many cultural platforms and didactics. Tune in next time for episode 20. We are going to be covering the Christ myth theory. This is Art Stemmel wishing you and your family the best. Thank you for tuning in and supporting us. Be looking soon for our new store on the Potomatic.com website. You'll be able to buy t-shirts, mugs, and all kinds of other souvenirs to help support the show. That's on the way soon. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think about the show. Thank you for tuning in once again. Have a wonderful week.
to hip hop and don't stop, just blast off. Sure shot, cause a man from Mars stopped eating cars and eating bars, and now he only eats guitars. Yeah. You're listening to the Click Here Podcast, brought to you by New Airwaves Audio Productions. Mm-hmm.